Wednesday, November the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, Biden's belated transition and France's security crackdown. First, the world in brief. President-elect Joe Biden credited the Trump administration with offering its sincere help a day after the sitting president formally cleared the way for an orderly transfer of power. After a fortnight's delay, Mr Biden is expected to start receiving national security briefings and his advisers to begin working with current health officials on plans to distribute a COVID-19 vaccine. Regarding foreign policy, Mr Biden said America is back and ready to lead the world. Officials in Minnesota, Pennsylvania and Nevada, meanwhile, certified their state's election results, cementing Mr Biden's win. The Dow Jones Industrial Average surpassed 30,000 for the first time. It was lifted by the start of Mr Biden's transition, reports that he would appoint Janet Yellen as Treasury Secretary, and further hopeful news on COVID-19 vaccines. In March, the Blue Chip Index had dropped below 19,000. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq rose too. Tesla's market value rose above $500 billion for the first time. The electric car maker's share price has climbed by more than 500% this year. The announcement last week that Tesla will join the S&P 500 stock market index next month accelerated its ascent because tracker funds will be obliged to buy shares in the company. Rebels in Tigray refused to surrender to the Ethiopian army as a 72-hour ultimatum issued by Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed dwindled away. Hundreds of civilians have died since the Federal Army launched an attack on the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, which governs the region three weeks ago. More than 40,000 have fled into Sudan. People are ready to die, said Debrechen Jeremichael, Tigray's president. France's National Assembly banned the sharing of images of police or soldiers by any means and in any medium with intent to harm. Violations will be punished by up to a year's imprisonment and a fine of up to €45,000, $53,385. The law follows the widespread sharing of videos of police brutality. Critics say it will make it harder to hold officers accountable. Bertelsmann was the highest bidder in an auction to buy Simon & Schuster, a rival publisher from Viacom CBS, an American media conglomerate. The German firm which owns the Penguin Random House imprint is already the world's largest publisher. Reports suggest that it offered $2 billion. A successful deal would give Bertelsmann a third of the American book market. India banned 43 mobile apps, mostly Chinese, that authorities say threaten the country's sovereignty and integrity. This was the third tranche of digital blockades India has imposed in recent months. Alibaba's business was most prominently affected this time. In June, at least 20 Indian soldiers were killed in a skirmish with Chinese troops along a contested Himalayan border. And editor's note. Readers of some editions received the same story twice under different headlines in yesterday's Espresso. In addition, some readers saw an assertion that Michelle Florinoy had been chosen as Joe Biden's defence secretary. At this point, she is still only under consideration. Our apologies. And now, here's today's agenda. Biden's treasured pick. Janet Yellen. In the Harry Potter series of novels, the protagonist stumbles across the mirror of Erised. Anyone who looks into the mirror sees the deepest, most desperate desire of their hearts reflected back at them. There is a touch of Erised about President-elect Joe Biden's decision to nominate Janet Yellen as America's next Treasury Secretary, reported on Monday. She is an inspired pick. She commands respect among both centrist Democrats and left-wing progressives. 
She was a highly competent chair of the Federal Reserve between 2014 and 2018, and is an academic economist and president of the American Economic Association, the field's preeminent learned society. Few people are better liked in the profession. However, the clincher may have been that unlike Elizabeth Warren, who is seen as hostile to free markets and distrusted by the financial sector, Miss Yellen would probably command enough support for confirmation if the Republicans, as expected, hold the Senate. Ups and Downs Britain's Spending Review Rishi Sunak, Britain's Chancellor of the Exchequer, will unveil a plan for public spending today. He will set the budgets of many government departments for 2021, although most of the funding decisions for the National Health Service and schools have already been made. Excluding healthcare, Britain's spending on public services was cut by a quarter per person in real terms in the decade to 2019 to 2020, according to the Institute for Fiscal Studies, a think tank. Mr Sunak could pencil in another squeeze, perhaps by freezing civil servants' pay, in order to plug the hole in the budget that forecasters expect to be left by the coronavirus pandemic. Yet Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, has promised there will be no return to austerity, and uncertainty surrounds the pace of the economic rebound once vaccines have brought the crisis to an end. Earlier this month, the government unveiled plans to spend lavishly on defence. Expect mixed messages. A play within a play. Carrie Lam's big speech. It is telling that even before she delivered today's annual policy address, Carrie Lam dismissed suggestions that her speech was written for her in Beijing. Hong Kong's chief executive protests too much. There is no debate about who is in charge. Under the all-seeing supervision of the mainland's Hong Kong liaison office, armed with a smothering national security law, anti-government and anti-communist party, dissent has been eradicated. 10,000 alleged activists have been arrested. Elections have been postponed and pro-democracy politicians have been booted out of the legislature or have quit. In her address, Miss Lam said Hong Kong had become a weak link in China's national security and lauded the political stability the crackdown has brought. She also called for greater integration with the mainland to revitalise Hong Kong's battered economy with boosterish talks of Xi Jinping's plan to turn the so-called Greater Bay Area into a finance and technology hub. Beijing apparatchiks couldn't have put it better. Cornering the Crown Jewels Thai politics. Anticipating a march by pro-democracy protesters today, on Monday police in Bangkok sealed off the Crown Property Bureau and arrested seven activist leaders under Lay's Majesté laws. Monarchists are expected to hold a counter-rally. The Bureau manages the royal family's properties and investments, which King Vajira Longhorn took under direct control in 2017. This did away with the pretense that the Crown holds the assets valued at $40 billion to $50 billion in trust for the nation. For the protesters, mostly students, the Bureau, over which the government exercises no control and which does not release financial statements, is evidence of the unchecked power and wealth of the monarchy, which they want curbed. Last week, the royalist government voted against a proposal to limit the palace's power and the army's role in politics. A rapprochement between protesters and politicians seems unlikely. Despite the king's assertion that he loves his subjects all the same, the palace seems to prefer conflict to compromise. Silent Night Germany's COVID-19 Restrictions Germany's management of COVID-19 has tended to follow a pattern. Worried by the growing caseload, Angela Merkel, the Chancellor, urges a stricter lockdown, 
The 16-state premiers who are responsible for implementing the rules resist, only to follow the Chancellor's lead later, when the curve fails to flatten. Having rejected Mrs Merkel's latest entreaties last week, today the state leaders are set to agree to extend Germany's lockdown light. Bars, gyms, restaurants and cultural venues closed, schools and shops open, deep into December. Rules on mask wearing, limits on personal contacts and other restrictions will be tightened further. Germans planning get-togethers over Christmas, during which some of the rules may be temporarily relaxed, will be asked to self-isolate beforehand. Germany's relatively steady handling of the crisis has started to wobble a bit. The Bundestag has grown restive, and a peculiar mix of conspiracy theorists and far-right thugs stage regular protests, some of which have even tipped into violence. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Upton St. Clair, who died on this day in 1968. Our liberties were not won without suffering, and may be lost again through our cowardice. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.